What's up, everybody? It's your boys here at Soccer Chats, your weekly coaching podcast brought to you every single week by some great friend of ours. Check out dutigbrand.com for all your coaching accessory needs, dutigbrand.com. And make sure to use the promo code SOCCERCHAT at checkout and get yourself a sweet discount. It's been fairly cold over the last couple of weeks recruiting, and I have been using the dog snot out of my – that's probably not a really good phrase to use because of colds and stuff like that. So let's take that back. I have been wearing the crap out of my Dutig brand neck sweater that I bought at last year's convention. Uh, it is fantastic, and I'm so happy that I bought it, and I brought it with me this weekend while I'm recruiting down here in North Carolina. Uh, so if I sound funny, it's because it's, we're doing this remotely, uh, and, and I'm, I'm down here in, in Durham getting ready for the rally showcase. Uh, we also got a shout out to our friends Torx, T-O-R-R-X.com, for the world's greatest ball pump, and if you get one of theirs, uh, and you try it and you like it, make sure to go on Amazon and leave them a nice rating and review. This is a listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. Share the links out every single week when we put the new episodes out for you all. That's the best way to let us know that you're listening and, and share the show along with your friends. If you like what you hear, maybe there's something that stuck out in your mind that you want to remember. So you're going to share out the link and put that quote from our guests, which is going to be some great quotes from our guests in today's show. Another way to support us is going to Apple Podcasts and hit that five-star rating and leave a review. That's going to be one of the best ways as well of sharing the links to let everyone know that you like Soccer Chat and let us know that you like it too. You can join this conversation every single Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on Twitter just by following the hashtag Soccer Chat. You can submit questions each week using the hashtag. You can invite your friends for a Q1A1 where we're talking all things coaching soccer with coaches from all around the world, whether they're high school, college, pro, or even rec peewee leagues. It's coaches for everybody can get involved with Soccer Chat every single Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. He's Nick. I'm Sean. I had a nine-hour drive today. It's 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I am jacked up, Nick. Super jacked up. Why are you jacked up? I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but I am. I think it's it's the adrenaline. It's almost like um, uh, here we go. I'm going to use a pro wrestling reference. So people who are pro wrestlers say that their like most intense moments of adrenaline is when the match is over with because they're on such a high and you've done all this athletic activity stuff and you're just like so jacked up and it's hard to go to sleep because your adrenaline is is crazy high. And I think for me, being in the car all day. And then getting down, getting to watch some of the combine, and then getting to chat with you and our guest today. Uh, now I'm like, all right, I got to go to bed at some point. I just don't know when it's going to be. Well, hopefully you get to sleep in tomorrow because recruiting days. Like, I, I think the thing that I always try to explain to people because the people that don't coach or recruit feel like going to fields and watching games all day is just like, oh, you're just like sitting there watching. I was like. Yeah, but, like, imagine if you had to watch television for 10 hours and take notes on everything and actually pay attention. Like, it's a lot more fatiguing than the average person would know about. For sure, for sure. I, um, I'm i pretty excited. We've got a lot of our Soccer Chat friends um, are, are down here and, and listeners of this show and people who participate in our Wednesday night chats are down here. Um, so it's going to be exciting to, to meet up with some of those folks. And I, and I've always said like, 
um, you know, whether it's convention or it's a tournament, something, if you see that I'm going to be there, shoot me a message and I'm, I'll meet up with you. Um, even in this, um, even in the COVID times, you know, the coolest thing ever. And Nick, you're probably going to get jealous at this. So I, I apologize. I literally pull in to the, the WRAL park for the combine this afternoon. I'm not there five minutes and my phone just vroom, vroom, vibrate. And I was like, oh, here we go. Crap. I forgot to text my wife that I was here. So I'm thinking that it's her. Open up. My screen pops up. Dean Linky sends me a text message. And he was like, hey, coach, what fields are you going to be at in North Carolina this weekend? And I told him. And he was like, if you don't mind, I want to meet up with you and give you a quick fist bump. And I was like, dude, you can give me a quick fist bump and whatever else you want because you're Dean Linky. Really? Um, yeah, I was just like, I was so taken. Like, it's one of those things where I, that's where I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. Um, just because, like, so many coaches reached out to me in the last couple of days, like, hey, I'm going to be down there, let's connect. And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, if you're, like I said, like, if you're at a showcase that I'm going to be at, shoot me a message and, like, I'm, we'll find a way to connect. Um, and so I just thought it was so crazy. Like, Dean Leakey texted me out of nowhere and I was like, dang, this dude's supposed to be calling the Carolina basketball game. It's like Tim is for tip off and he's sitting there texting me about trying to meet up. So uh, big shout out to Dean Linky. He's the, he's, he's just to use your quote. He is the man. Oh, he's, he's awesome. I, I, again, I, I saw him at the airport one time and uh, we had a great conversation, Like he's awesome, dude. He is. He is for sure. Um, we, uh, and I'm sure you're the same way. I, Cause I said, that, you know, I've had people that have seen that I'm going to be at something or you're going to be at something. Uh, and they're all like, you know, we'd love to, to chat with you. And I, I think you're the same way. Like, if you see that we're going to be somewhere, like, just let us know. And we'll, you know, whether it's through DMs or whatever, we'll connect and we'll figure out what fields we're at. And, and we'll definitely say hello to everybody. No. God, yeah. No. And again, I think that goes back to why we started all this is just like we wanted to have a place where people felt comfortable being around and networking with other coaches as much as possible. And now that there's not other places and avenues to do that, but that was why we wanted to do this is just to find a, a way to connect as many coaches as we possibly could with other coaches. And so it, it's, it's been really cool yeah, as it's progressively gotten bigger and bigger to be able to continue to do that. And for Nick and I to find some coach that we can ride their coattails for the rest of our careers. Exactly. So if, you, if you're that coach, just let us know. We're, we're there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think. There was something I was going to bring up to you. Um, and I, compl- I, I, I forgot it now. I probably should like write this stuff down. Because I actually was thinking on the drive day. I was like, all right, like, what are we going to chat about? Um, and I wanted to make sure to, uh, to bring up uh, you know, that if we're going to be somewhere people can, can connect with us. Um, what was the, Oh my gosh, this is going to drive me crazy. Um, Oh no, that's not it. What was it? This is, this is going to drive me crazy. This is what getting old does to you folks. Like I just, I, I, I can't think straight anymore. Maybe it's cause it's one o'clock. I don't know. Um, but I, I saw, um, something that made me think of you today. Um, I think our good buddy, uh, Stu Flaherty posted something and I was going to see if you had, had liked it or whatever. Cause as you've said, you're, you're a habitual liker. Uh, yes. you hit that like button very often. Um, and it was, uh, Jurgen Klopp did a thing with the athletic 
about how they scout players. Um, and I, I don't have a subscription to the athletic, so I couldn't read it, but I was, I, I read, I think it was Stu did put kind of like a review of the article and it made me think of like how many people like you who are Klopp fans and, and like, you know, their style of play and like the type of players that they're bringing in, like how many coaches specifically in the college game now are reading this article and going, okay, how can I make that translate to the way that we scout? And so I just was like, well, here's Nick's new, here's Nick's new gimmick. He's going to bring the Klopp, Klopp style players to St. Mary's. Well, I mean, like, honestly, I would love to, I mean, that would be, I mean, I mean, they're, they're doing, I mean, really well. I it's, it's so hard. Cause like, and, and I feel like any coach who loves the game goes through this because we all have things and teams that we like and like parts of the game of soccer that we really enjoy watching. And it it is a difficult thing to have that and also simultaneously know that I'm not coaching those level of players. So what can I do that is similar that would allow me to it, – have a have a experience that wouldn't be too dissimilar to what Jurgen Klopp is going through as a coach right now, where you just get to like get, go out there every day and work with players that are doing exactly what you're hoping they're going to do. It, it's difficult because again, I would love to play like Liverpool does. I love what I mean. I, I've been a fan for a while, but this is the past three years has probably been the first time as a Liverpool supporter that I've really enjoyed watching them play. And I think they have the best style of soccer. Um, and so it, it's difficult to try to make that translate to the college game, especially at the Division three level. For sure, for sure. We, um, you know, we, we, it, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that signups are going on right now uh, for United Soccer Coaches' digital convention. Convention is digital this year. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. I had a good friend of mine reach out uh, this week and was like, hey, like, I got the whole Black Friday thing about uh, Cyber Monday thing about uh, sign up for convention. Do you think it'll be worth it? And I was like, yes, convention is always worth it. Like whether it's digital, whether it's in person, convention is totally worth the cost. Uh, And the cool thing about convention is United Soccer Coaches, we're actually going to have our boy Jeff on next week. Uh, And I know typically we don't tell our guests ahead of time, uh, but we do have Jeff uh, from the United Soccer Coaches coming on next week. Jeff's a great friend of the show. He's helped us tremendously uh, when it comes to United Soccer Coaches and Soccer Chat collaborating. Uh, And uh, they wanted to have him come on earlier this year because normally we do Jeff the week before uh, convention because he's kind of like the hype man, you know, that last straw, like, hey, you've got to check this out. But from what I understand is that there are some massive names that are going to be presenting that convention that have not been announced that they're going to be announcing next week on this show. Like, come on. If there wasn't another reason besides listening to Nick and myself talk to people next week, we got Jeff Anderson coming on from United Soccer Coaches who's going to drop some bombs of some yet-to-be-released names who are going to be uh, partaking or be speakers at this year's United Soccer Coaches Convention. So make sure to check out United Soccer Coaches' website. Get signed up for convention. If you sign up for it, let us know. Make sure to shoot us a message uh, or shoot us a tweet. Let us know what you signed up for convention. Uh, We're going to be there. Uh, Podcast Row, we're we're still working on what that's going to look like. Uh, We've got some awesome shows lined up that we're going to have for you all for that week. Uh, as well. 
but we're super excited to be a part of it. As always, it's our third uh, convention for Soccer Chat to be working with United Soccer Coaches, and we want to thank them for for allowing us to come back for a third year. And uh, thankfully, uh, you know, Becky Burley thinks that we're all right. We didn't butcher her social too much last year. Uh, that uh, she has asked us to, to come back and, and be a part of some things with her. So super exciting times over these next couple of weeks. Like it's, it's crazy to think like Christmas is always, is almost here. January 1st is almost here. Conventions almost here. Like this is going to be in the next like five weeks. Uh, See, so like I, I'm actually really excited for convention. I think like when it first got announced that it was virtual, I think I was very similar to other people that was like a little bit skeptical of what, it was going to look like and if that's it was because better. you're zoomed out second that's because you're zoomed out yes but to be honest again i think so much of the stuff that i mean how is it going to be that dissimilar other than the getting to see people walking between like the talks or the sessions and stuff like that like it's it's gonna be very very similar and you get to do it in the comfort of your own home i think it's a, it, it could be a really cool opportunity for people who is going to be someone who does the convention virtually in their underwear the entire time? I don't want to call anyone out like that. Not, not even going to do it. I can't believe it. You can text it to me. It's all right. I will text um, it to you later. Cause there's going to be some, there's going to be this out on there. There's somebody who's going to do a zoom mullet where they've got like their, you know, their soccer shirt on the top and then it's just going to be underwear underneath. Who knows? It yeah, might be I, me. I, I don't know. I have people in mind, but we're not calling them out on there. You can, you can call me out. No, no, it wasn't out. you. <laughs> it's like that no one wants to see that nobody would see. But uh, <laughs> we've got an awesome show uh, for you all this week. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons why this is coming out a little bit later is because we had to fly uh, on a crazy day trip virtually uh, to an insane time zone uh, to go get some island life with our good friend who we met at last year's convention uh, and have formed a really awesome relationship uh, after meeting them last year. And we're so happy, you know, especially in these time, these down times uh, with the pandemic and whatnot, you know, to find people who are so positive still uh, is, is, is a tremendous thing for, for anyone who may be feeling down. And if you are not happy listening to our guests this week, then you might need to go get checked out because I swear if you get a hold of them and chat with them, you're not going to have a conversation without smiling and laughing. And that's something that we all can use right now. So we've got a really awesome episode of soccer chat this week. Remember next week, Jeff Van Dusen from United soccer coach is going to drop some bombs on you all for uh, some new speakers at United soccer coaches. Nick, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how can they do so? At Coach Enrizzo. What about you, brother? And mine is at Coach Sarling. As always, check out this week's episode. You're going to love this interview. And the best part about Soccer Chat is we get to do it again next week. Here's this week's episode with our good friend, Coach Bud, from the University of Hawaii.
Every week I try to do some type of cool little intro. And then typically it's always like the same thing, but we have a great one today where I can start this conversation off by saying, how's it? How's it? And she knows exactly what I'm talking about. A very, very, very uh, aloha to our good friend, Coach Bud from the University of Hawaii. Um, so I do, so do I say Hawaii wrong? No, well, so according to, to people who live on the mainland, it, we say it, the local people say it like somebody's punching us in the gut. So we say Hawaii. So it's Hawaii. always like Hawaii. Yeah. And Hawaii. then, but it just doesn't sound the same when it comes out, you know, when somebody's trying to tell me how local people say Hawaii, but uh, yeah. it should be Hawaii. Also actually, for but. everyone who doesn't know her nickname, can, can we get a, can we get a full name for it? Cause everyone's going to be like, who the heck is Coach oh. Bud? <laughs> no, everyone, is, she, no, she told me at convention, everyone knows that she's Coach Bud. But like, I'm everybody talking, just like, calls me Bud. Are all of our guests, like all the people that are listening from all over. So, so for the record, it's Michelle Nagamine. But everybody calls me Bud, and it's uh, it's one of those things that kind of came out. I, I wish it was a more exciting story uh, that that had to do with you know exotic plants on on the island of Maui, and, <laughs> but it, it, it really doesn't. Uh, you know, I was everybody's buddy, and and actually, I still am. I, I love making friends. I love meeting new people. Um, seeing the show that you guys put on at the convention last year, I was like, those are my kind of guys, man. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta hang out with those guys because those are, those are some fun people. And, so, and you um, hung out with us that evening. Yep. Absolutely. I just, I, I love it. I think our, our industry is a, is a wonderful, wonderful platform for making new friends and bringing together, you know, just really good like-minded people who, who really are, are in it obviously not for the money, but, you know, just trying to make positive impacts. And, you know, I follow both of you guys on social media and I, I just want to give you guys, you know, a, a big mahalo, which is thank you in Hawaii, just for putting so many positive vibes out there in, in our universe. It's just, it's so refreshing to see, um, you know, people who are so passionate about what they do and just, the unconditional love that you folks have win, lose, draw. Uh, it's just very inspiring. So thank you very much. Appreciate that. Big mahalo. So we, we were two and a half minutes into this already and Bud has put us over more than anyone else has. Uh, like, I mean, do we stop the interview now? I, I, that was done? good. It was a great interview. <laughs> I think I, you, Bud. I, I, I see you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you brought up convention where we met you at. And like, I have no problem telling the story now. I can remember, um, I remember that next day, like telling my wife, like I met the coach from the University of Hawaii, which she, she thought was funny because I told Bud at the social, and this was before um, I got the job that I have now, was Bud had an assistant position open at the University of Hawaii. And I like, I kept seeing it, kept seeing it. And I've always dreamed of living in a warm environment where it's just warm all the time. Um, my wife who's from Michigan is like, uh, not really, but sure, whatever. And I kept joking with her before I even knew who Bud was. I kept joking with my wife. I'm going to apply for this Hawaii job because like two years ago, no, not two years ago, two or three years ago, um, the staff that I was working on, there was a job at a different university of Hawaii. I wish I could remember what the island it was like. It's a big island, Hawaii Hawaii Island. So we all said that we all were going to apply for the head coaching job. And if we got it, 
we were going to hire each other hire and we found hire all of our the rest of our staff and we found a house that was right by campus that was also like right by the water that was big enough for all of our families which there was only two of us who were married with kids the other two guys were single and we were like we'll put up gopros all around the house and we'll make a, a <laughs> reality show because <laughs> we thought we were like this is the greatest idea ever so every day it was like have you heard have you heard from university why have you heard from him? have you heard from him i obviously did not hear anything because they probably were like yeah we're not even going to talk to this guy um but i know i think one of one of the guys did have an interview so we were like putting all of our chips on him like all right here we go this is it <laughs> that's this is epic it. i and, had no uh, idea <laughs> And unfortunately it fell through. He didn't get it. And we were like, man, like we could have like, we could have helped the university out so much with this reality show and like me handling all the social media stuff. Like, Could you imagine the sponsorships and oh the, my gosh. The, the dollars that would have flown, just been flying into, I know. you know. And that's like, they, and, and now like with soccer chat, like, wow, did they miss out on having this platform of me always be like Hawaii, Hawaii, Hawaii. But uh, so I, you know, uh, coach Bud comes up to me after this show. Uh, that we did with Becky over time at uh, the uh, social for coaches of female athletes. And w- literally what she just said, she pulled me aside and said the exact same thing. The very first thing she was like, I want to hang out with you guys. And I was kind of taken aback, like, Oh my gosh. And then she introduced herself. She's like, hi, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm coach Bud from, uh, or she did say, I'm Bud. I think I, I, think I used my stage name of Michelle. <laughs> I'm fairly certain the first thing you said when your name was everyone calls me Bud. And then I think you said, yeah. but my name is Michelle. And I was like, bud, cool. Um, and you were like, I coach at the University of Hawaii. And I was like, well, which one? And she was like, University of Hawaii. And I was like, okay. And I, I feel like I told you the story of the house. And no, no, no. I did not did hear not? that story. Otherwise, okay. it was an epic social. But I mean, well, most of was. the socials are pretty epic. It but was. No, I did. You did not tell me that story. Because I, like I, I would remember that one. Um. But then I made the comment, I was like, oh, I was like, that's kind of crazy because like I, uh, I think you had just filled the position uh, right before the convention. I was like, yeah, I was like, I was going to apply for your assistant job. And <laughs> I will never forget you going, if I would have known that what I saw on stage was the person who was going to apply, you should have done it. And then we, you got smart. Then we would have like, gotten nothing done. We would have, we would have been, no, we would have gotten nothing done. Don't put that on me like that. <laughs> Come on now. Well, I mean, the first time I really met Becky Burley, um, we actually made videos in the in the bathroom at one of the, uh, <laughs> the camps we were at. So, nice. you know, we were uh, Celia Slater. You know, we had gone to the uh, the women's academy, and it was it was one of those really kind of. Um, I, I went I went all the way to to Georgia, and I knew no one you know, and, and my athletic director was like, Hey, you know, we're going to use our title nine fund to send you to this women's academy, a coaching. It's a, it's like a coaching academy. So I was like, cool. You know, so I didn't know anything about it. And Celia Slater and Becky or everyone's there. And we, we just had a really amazing time. And, but uh, making the video with Becky Burley in the, uh, the bathroom, well, that was, that was quite the experience. So I can, I could relate a hundred percent into just the fun that you guys were having that night. And um, I knew we were going to be friends. I just, Oh, I just absolutely. I absolutely. Just, absolutely. <laughs> well, now I'm kind of jealous that you made a video with Becky Burley in the bathroom. The only text good thing Becky, about like, that hey, is it, that? it never hit social media. So I think Be- Becky and I buried <laughs> that thing pretty good. 
but I, I do remember as soon as we, uh, we were having that conversation, you did ask, you're like, because I had mentioned my wife during the show because of the epic monstrosity that happened literally minutes before the show where we had a hole or a little water leak in, in the ceiling of our, uh, not the ceiling, but in the floor of uh, um, our, our bathroom going into our kids' bathroom. And uh, you were like, you've got a wife and kids, right? And I was like, yeah. And you're like, you really want to kind of move them across country? And at the time, I was like, well, hell yeah. <laughs> and you, you did say you were loved. So, you know. Yeah. It, it, was you when when spouses you guys have that unconditional love you're like okay i know you're a soccer coach you know i i'll move around for you yeah and i guess i'll move to hawaii for you oh yeah. man to, you know yeah. Okay, like yeah all the places to move to though that is probably one of the easier sells <laughs> but here's the thing though nick like i mean you you've met casey once and yeah. she's definitely a michigan girl and she claims uh and i have no problem saying this like she claims like that when she retires from education, that she's going to move to the UP. And I was like, and that is going to be the day that you're going to have to find a new husband because I'm not doing that. Uh, so even if we're like 75 years old and she's like, all right, I'm moving to UP, I'm going to go somewhere else. You gotta, I guarantee like, you 98% of the people in Hawaii don't even know what UP is. They're going to be like, University of Portland? Right, right. So, so my assistant coach, Sonia Basma, uh, was the – former Northern head Michigan. coach at Northern Michigan. Yep. Yeah. So she just today at training, because I get all dramatic, you know, like I bust out my iPhone. I'm like, oh, 66 degrees. She's like, <laughs> um, that's like summer. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, that, I mean, it's not even spring weather. So she, she's like, in the UP, you wouldn't believe right. what, you know. And so I actually went and like, so I knew it was, I knew what she was talking about. And when I went online to check out like weather patterns for Northern Michigan, I was like, how do, how does that happen? How do people, Dude, it's horrible. So yeah, how do people live? A quick question. Cause I, I've worked, I, I, I know Sonia and is it intimidating working with a person that you is so jacked that you feel could beat you up at any moment of the day? Well, not when you're the boss. That that is so funny because Sonia, I Sonia and I get along so well. um, But I'm like that. I I'm like her mom (laughs) because I'm I'm definitely old enough to be her mom. Um, But you know she she's just such an amazing coach, and she you're right. She's like pretty yoked out, right? Oh, dude, uh, she like does all the pull ups where she's like doing like. I follow her, we follow each other on Instagram and I, I'll see your stuff. I'm like, why do you do, like, insane. I just, I need to stop following you. So I feel bad about myself. Oh, uh, and, and that's the thing, you know, she, <laughs> when, when I, when I was about, uh, when I was going through all my candidates, I'm like, ah, I'm going to go check out their social media. I looked at her, her social media. I was like, dude, she's crazy. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just looking at my phone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's gonna scare my kid. She's gonna like, you Got know, abs I'm like on abs. Like she's her abs yeah. have abs on them. Like yeah, you know, like. You got six pack and you got 12 pack, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> so I so would. With, yeah, with I went on like. She's one hundred percent hardcore. I, I worked. I worked UW camp with her, and so me and her would like go on like walks and runs together. So I actually got to know her pretty well, like through all that. Yeah, would, and, uh, you know, she's, she is just a, a, a ball of fire and she's so intense and, you know, but she's got a wonderful personality as well. And, um, it was so funny because when, uh, when she was starting her fitness business, she says, I'm going to, um, you know, I want your opinion, you know, cause you have a, a sales and marketing background. So, you know, I want your opinion on my brochure. 
So she shows me, she sends me a PDF copy of the brochure and she's like standing there with a sports bra and these little tiny shorts and she's got like her six pack and she's like laughing like, so she doesn't look like, you know, She-Ra from the, from the jungle, but she looks, you know, I mean, she was pretty ripped. And I said, okay, now let me ask you this. Who is your target audience? Is it people who want to get into CrossFit or is it people who can afford a personal trainer? <laughs> She's like, kind of the latter. I go, okay, let's change a little something, something. <laughs> So she's, it, it's funny. It's, uh, I, I'm glad we have her because like yesterday we were short. I'm like, ah, Sonia, you can be the, you're, you're the 11th player. You go, you go be the nine. And so she's just, she's such a little juggernaut. I just adore her. We're, I, I'm very, very happy that she ended up uh, with us. So yes, I'm, I'm glad that you guys have that whole UP, but I, I don't blame you, Sean. When your wife said we're moving up there, you're like, mm-mm-mm. I was, I was not in, in my marriage pact. I was in middle Michigan and I guarantee So like Nick and I started the show when we lived there and I guarantee if people will go back and listen to those episodes compared to when we moved back to Indiana, you'll hear a completely different person. Because uh, my wife will tell you like I was the most miserable SOB the two years that we were there. And I always laugh at like, and I've told the story in here, my very last game, like we knew we were moving back. My last game was at June 1st Yeah. at one o'clock kickoff. No, noon kickoff. And I had on three pairs of pants and fleece pants. Now that's not including the like thermal underwear underneath the three pairs of pants. <laughs> I had on a hoodie, a scarf with a thermal shirt underneath the hoodie, a beanie and a stadium coat on June 1st at noon. And like our, the kids were warming up and my assistant just comes over to me. He's like, are you so happy to be moving? And I was like, you want to know why? And he was like, why? I pulled up my phone. All my friends had sent me a text message of them at the golf course wearing polos and shorts and getting tans. And I was like, this is an hour ago. And look at what I'm, look at what we're doing. So I feel you. I mean, I, I can't handle, I mean, it gets into the sixties and Hawaii people are so dramatic. We're screenshotting the weather, you know, from the the phone we're posting it on social media, like with the emojis and you know it's just we're we're not very thick skinned so yeah even even when we go out in the morning i've got like layers my base layer jacket you know it's we're so dramatic but have you uh, you lived somewhere other than hawaii have you lived anywhere other than hawaii well um i played at santa clara so i was there i was in the bay area for four years but i'm born and raised in hawaii and have been here my entire life so I went away for four Gee, years, Christmas. played at Santa Clara, and then uh, actually got a better job offer back back in Honolulu. So I took that and uh, left the Bay Area. So I, I really did love the Bay Area, though. I, th- I could have lived there. I could live San Diego. I think it would be more... Um, you got a Bay the, vibe to you. Yeah, I kind of like the... Uh, I, I'm ocean towny type, or yeah. I have to be by the water. And uh, unless well, that's, that's from birth. Yeah. <laughs> Vegas is my only uh, landlocked area that I that I really really love, but it's more for the gambling, not so much the, uh, the ambiance. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, so we kind of like long form, kind of got into kind of your history. So like, how did you, you mentioned that you played at Santa Clara? You know, how did you how did you get to Hawaii now? You know, kind of take us quickly through that 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 soccer journey of you know, if you want to brag about being the leading goal scorer of your U9 travel team, um, you know, or, you know, you, uh, you know, whatever it may have been, you know, how did, how did we get to now? How did you get to Hawaii? 
back to I, play, I guess I should say. I, I basically have always heard my, my own drum and I had gone I feel that. To, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I don't even have a, like, I, I'm so far outside the box, I don't really even own a, own a box. Mm-hmm. So I, I've always kind of taken a lot of pride in, in just kind of following my heart. And I found that when I do that and I'm true to myself and, and I stick to what I believe in and trust my gut, uh, good things have always followed and it's, it's worked out well so far. And I'm just turned, I turned 52 in September. So I, I kind of no, roll with that. Yep. And you did not. I, I would did. not have even, I don't know if I would have even been within 10 years. Really? Oh, yeah. see, you're already getting cookies sent to you. You don't need to be buttering me up anymore. <laughs> I, de- I, I definitely, I definitely would have went like early, like 40. That's what I would have been. 100% where I would have been. Okay. Well, thank you. I, that, that's very nice of you guys, but yeah. I just that's, a, that's the thing about coaching though. Like the, I always say like coaching does two things to you. And really like, I think any, any job in athletics, I think does two things to you. You either look younger than what you really are, or you look significantly older than what you really are. Haggard. So, like, I always joke with people. Aryan Robin, he and I—I I think he's a month older than me, and he looks like he's thirty years older than I am. Mm-hmm. And we're we're the exact same age. So, like, you you can be one of those people who can testify that you work in athletics, but you look younger than what you are. And maybe it's the energy that you you bring. Cause I get to see. I get, to, I get that from kids all the time or other coaches who think that I'm like 24 and I'm like, I wish. I'd love to go. Oh, back. the damage we could do. <laughs> if we were 24 again, ooh oh, la my la. Goodness. <laughs> my goodness. I, I, yeah, it's just, it's, it's been one of those things. I think, you know, passion is, is something that runs rampant through our profession. And I, I have always just kind of followed my heart and, and been, and followed my passion. And when I went to Santa Clara, I really kind of discovered myself there where I, um, I was actually kind of shy through, through intermediate and high school. And then, you know, when I started, bless you, when I started playing for uh, a women's team here in Hawaii for, for Leahi soccer club, I played with a lot of uh, people who were women who were older than I was. And they were, some of them were going to college, you know, and they were, um, they were starting to play, they were starting to go away on, on division one scholarships. And I was like, wow, I want to do that. And, um, you know, so I, I was all set to go to University of Portland. And then all of a sudden, my college counselor's like, I think you might want to look at this school. Um, you know, they got a, they got a up in their soccer team's pretty decent. And, you know, um, they, they have a lot of Hawaii kids at the school. So I started to look at Santa Clara and, you know, talk with the coaches, ended up there and then uh, moved home for because I actually majored in TV production and uh, and journalism. So I went I went I went with communication, communication major. Yeah whoop right there and um i did it because i wanted to be an mtv vj so yes, yes. Let's go. <laughs> so when mtv mtv actually played music videos yeah, yes. that was something that i was so passionate about and i was so so way more down down than julie brown was and uh, i i could have led i could have led that that charge but um i got in front of the camera and i hated it i love producing i love directing i love writing but just being in front of the camera was not, I would get all sweaty and clammy hands and, you know, dry mouth. And I was like, it was just a lot of stress. And it shocked me because um, my mom is Portuguese and, you know, we are very vibrant, lively, social, love to talk kind of and eat people. But um, 
you know, I just, I didn't like it and I found it very nerve wracking and the pressure just wasn't for me. And uh, so I got into video production and that's where I really wanted to go. But at the time it was 1990 and, you know, multi, um, doing all this multimedia uh, advertising and marketing and, you know, um, it was just really, really expensive. So uh, it was kind of just starting out and I just needed to kind of hit the brakes and, and rediscover myself. And I opened my soccer store just like that, you know, to be, to be totally transparent. I was uh, drinking big German beer on the back of a Mercedes bus going through, nice. you know, driving from, uh, from Ulm over to Frankfurt. And it was a, a really, really long ride. And my teammate and I, you know, we're drinking big beers in the back of the bus. And she's like, you ever think about starting a soccer store? I'm like, heck yeah. Um, you know, nobody caters to women and we need to do this. And we had this whole business plan drawn up on a paper bag and some crinkled up like napkins. <laughs> and, and, and we just started planning this store. And that was like the summer of, I want to say like 91. And then, uh, in, then that by 92 February, we were open. So we started a Soccerama and, um, it was, it was just one of the greatest experiences of my life. So there I was 23 years old, owner of a retail soccer store with zero business background, zero business experience, but I'm like, <laughs> sounds like fun. Let's do it. Yeah. So, you know, it's always been, I, I, and that was a passion of mine. I thought that the, the soccer market in Hawaii really needed kind of a woman's touch. You know, we had one soccer store that was run by, uh, you know, this, this older kind of crotchety old guy that told everybody like, nah, those shoes, you're not good enough to wear those shoes. You should wear these 1999 shoes. So we started bringing in like high level shoes for $250 a pair, $200 a pair back in the early nineties. And they just sold off the, the shelves. And we, we quickly became the number one accounts for like Lotto, Umbro, uh, Nike, Adidas. So all the, all the soccer brands at the time. And this is right when like, you know, they had soccer world, uh, and, and Eurosport, right? So before soccer.com, Eurosport was the mail order catalog and they were just kind of taking everything online. So um, it was just a fantastic experience. And that entrepreneurial spirit, um, meaning you don't necessarily have all of the experience, but you have maybe some passion and, and a, an idea of what the marketplace needs. And I think that same kind of spirit led me into all of my other fields, you know, hotel sales, working for Adidas and Vans, the skateboard shoe company, starting my own marketing group, and then, uh, you know, landing at Outrigger Hotels as a director of sports marketing and sales. I've never sold a hotel room, you know, let alone go out and sell a whole bunch of them to teams. But, um, you know, sports marketing became a passion of mine. And then by the time I got hired at UH, it was just, you know, Pinsum had been there for 17 years and was retiring. And, everybody starts calling me my phone, you know, they announce his retirement, my phone starts blowing up. And, and everyone is, is honestly just telling me, this is your dream job. Like you need to apply. And I was like, are you crazy? I have no division one experience. I have no idea what the first thing to do. You know, I was coaching um, division two at Hawaii Pacific university. And that was a part-time gig, but I was uh, the director of Leahi soccer club. So I was the, the DOC for a, a the largest girls club in Hawaii. Then I was a high school coach at Kamehameha uh, 
So head you guys coach also, I've looked up high schools yeah. in your area <laughs> and you guys have the coolest names for high schools. Of yeah, all. We do. We do. Cause you know what? They mean something, you know, it's like, it's, it's really, really, um, fantastic. So I, I, I feel very fortunate to have been through that high school because high school soccer in Hawaii, it's like, it, it's, it's very, very high level and all the best players play. So it's very special, you know, club and high school, two, two really different experiences, both great in their own, own right. But yeah, it, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool being a high school coach. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, honestly, like I, I've been, I've been on NCSA, like looking at all the different high schools and you guys just have the coolest names. So what is like, what does Kamehameha mean then? Well, Kamehameha was actually the um, king who conquered the islands and he, they, he united all of the islands. So, um, you know, the, the school Kamehameha was named after him and his actually great granddaughter, Bernice Powahi, uh, was the, is, was the sole benefactor. So when, when, when she passed away, she left her estate to, uh, Kamehameha schools and, in her will, she wanted to construct a school for the young men and women. Um, you know, they, they were going to construct two schools, one for boys and one for girls. And then Kamehameha Schools was, was actually born from there. And so now the school is the beneficiary to the uh, Bishop Estate, which owns about, I don't know, maybe one-tenth or so of the land in Hawaii. So they're the largest uh, sole land, uh, private land owner. And... Um, the estate now is worth billions of dollars and the school is the primary beneficiary. So they do all kinds of amazing things in the community to, for continuing education and, and um, providing opportunities at the college level and, you know, um, and everything for, for children who are of native Hawaiian ancestry. So it's, it, I was there for 13 years from the time I, you know, kindergarten all the way through my senior year. So I feel very, very fortunate and blessed to have been a part of that. But all of the, all of the schools have, you know, different, and you have to be of native Hawaiian ancestry to attend the school. So um, people who live in Hawaii, you know, they're, they, when everybody says, oh yeah, the Hawaiians, no, these are the native Hawaiians. And you have to show three generations of uh, proof that you are native Hawaiian. And um, it's just, it was amazing experience. So yeah, when you go on, on the websites and you look up high school soccer in Hawaii, you can't pronounce half of the names probably that are on there because there, it, it has a lot to do with, uh, you know, our, the, just the geographic area and then um, who was important to certain areas of the Island. And yeah, so I mean, and a lot of it was named after the, the royalty. So the Hawaiian, you know, monarchy. So just very, very interesting stuff. It's just Hawaii's not just all the palm trees and, and white sandy beaches. Uh, there's a lot of culture and history that is, is just fascinating. So pretty cool. That's awesome. Golf courses. Yeah, the, and the golf courses. I live right near one of them, and it's just you, – you can't beat it. You know, you just go walk on in the afternoon, play nine holes at 2 o'clock, 2.30. Love it. I mean, Bud's, I'm not very Bud, good, but Bud, Bud's gonna have to hire me within the next five years. <laughs> I don't know if Sonya's gonna leave. She, she's, she is thriving here. Thirty under thirty, you know, like getting, uh, getting. Well, I'm, getting I'm a, I'm a forty away. under forty. <laughs> We're starting the soccer chat. Forty under forty. Yep, yep. And then can we do a, uh, a sixty under sixty? Yeah, we can. 
we will we will we will have those uh we'll we'll put that to the the panel and uh me and and then we'll vote on it and it's all right all right that's a deal i, I, with, I would love i would love to see the outcome of that, that i joke with people all the time that when the uh what was the nscaa now the united star coaches or united star coaches when they started the 30 under 30 the then vice president uh was my boss and said hey Really? You should look into this. Like, I think he could pull it off. And I was like, really? And he explained like what the program was going to do. I was like, right. oh, that would be really cool to do. I didn't realize that I was 31. Oh, so you just mi missed and I was like, that much. <laughs> and, I, and, th and then when it dawned on me, it was like eight o'clock at night when like a week after he and I had talked about it. And I sent him a text. I was like, hey, you realize that I'm 31, right? And he was like, yeah, I go, why did you tell me to apply for something that's 30 under 30? <laughs> oh, bad math. <laughs> yeah. And he was just like, oh, well, you're kind of a young and up and coming guy. I thought maybe you could pull it off, but that was, that was not meant to be. But... Oh man, miss that. So miss I know, I think we did the same thing with, uh, I think I did, we did the same thing with Nick. Cause I think Nick, then we start the show when you were 29. Yes. And I was like, Nick, like, you've got to apply. You've got to do it, it Nick. <laughs> and he didn't do it. And then the next year I was like, okay. Since Nick's 30, he can't be under 30. We're going to have to do like the 40 under 40. And, yep, uh, yep. You got to get stuck with it. We'll, we'll, we'll keep tweaking it until it works for us. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> and again, me and, me and Sean will vote on it and, and it'll just, it'll, it'll work out much better that way. Okay, I mean, okay. Deal. We, we may even shorten it to like the four, un, or four under 40 <laughs> and then the five 40, under 50. But the no, four. Not 40. <laughs> problem is i'm sitting here thinking That's of like do i know 40 coaches that are under 40 i mean i do but i when you try to think of those people you can't think yeah. of them yeah so i think you have to come out with right a top now. 10 top 10 list oh every time we do some type of top 10 list it causes dumb drama yeah yeah that's true and so like, and a lot of people don't have senses of humor so you no. know you can you you'd be alienating lots of people and yeah. you know we're about spreading the aloha Right. Yeah. So. Yes. Sean, I mean, honestly, like, if you want to find forty under forty, we could just go to my wedding list, and we could easily. <laughs> find that. Yeah, because there's seventy five hundred people that are attending your wedding. Seven hundred and twenty three. Wow. Wait. Oh, it went you're up gonna three. Have, you're gonna have seven hundred twenty three people at your wedding. As of right now, like that. Well, that's the number. It, it COVID will probably make that number go down, but that that is the actual guest list right now. But oh, there will be nine hundred. There will be nine hundred people at this thing. I hope it's a potluck. You're gonna be broke. <laughs> oh, we—it's we, definitely we're doing like we're definitely doing like buffet style food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and that's, I that seven twenty three is a bigger number than when it started out. Like we used wow. to joke that it was seven hundred people, and it keeps finding its way because Nick is such an awesome guy that he <laughs> meets other coaches and he gets to know them. And he's like, oh, you know what? Hey, give me your address. You should come to my. Come work. on. Everyone's it's not welcome. every day that a legend gets married, you know. So come on, <laughs> let's 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 be real here. All right, we're we're turning we're turning it back on Bud now. So <laughs> get <laughs> so you get the interview. You get like, what was that experience like? Like getting it. I mean, obviously, like it's a big deal getting the University of Hawaii job. When you finally get it, what was that day like for you? When like you get offered the job, you accept it. What was that like for you? You know, going back uh, and thinking about it, because you know this is. Um, Oh, wow. Actually, my, my 10 year anniversary is coming up next week. So oh I, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, it'll be 10 years uh, next week, uh, my hiring date. And, you know, the, the, the weird thing was I was so intimidated to even apply for the job because I think, you know, you just have that 
that kind of feeling in your gut where you're like, oh, I already have such a good gig. You know, like I thought I had my dream job as the director of sports marketing and sales for Outrigger Hotels. And I, you know, I had a, a good salary, a good expense account. And, you know, I, I was, I was like, oh, this is comfortable. And so my, my best friend tells me, wow, you know, like you get offered this job and, you know, when they called me, I applied on the last day of the, the application process because I just, I wanted to do it, but I was just kind of afraid and, and a little intimidated about maybe the, what was the unknown. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I fully admit that I was just afraid to fail. And I just didn't want anybody to have any poop on me. You know, I, I, was, I had experienced a lot of success at the high school level, the club level, and uh, turned a Division II program around. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. And um, you know, but a lot of people that I really trusted encouraged me to apply. And so I did just to see what was going to happen. And when they told me I had an interview, I went in for the interview and I just had a really, really, I got so excited with just talking about what my vision was for the program and kind of, you know, how we would reinvent ourselves. And when I left there, I was like, oh, please, please hire me. This would be so cool. I don't even care about anything else. And then I thought, oh, gosh, like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. And about a, a week later, I got a call. And, um, and Jim Donovan, the athletic director at the time said, hey, you know, we want to offer you the job. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. I got to pull over. So I pull the car over and then, uh, you know, we're, we start talking about it and he's, uh, he's like, I want you to really, you know, we'd love to have you be our next head coach. And, um, you know, I don't want you to give me an answer now. I want you to think about it. And, um, and so then he says, well, do you have any, um, questions for me? And I said, well, you know, can we talk about the salary? You know, like what is, what's the salary range? And so he tells me and I go, no, <laughs> like not going to happen. Um, so I wasn't sure if that was, you know, something that I, I was like, I can't do it just because of money, you know, and like not, uh, and he says, I told you not to answer me now. And um, so it was just really interesting because he said it was my passion. It's, he said it was my passion and uh, my vision for the program and what it meant to the community that really kind of got the attention of our hiring committee. And he said, you know, experience is, is great, but you know, the state and the soccer community, like the back of your hand. So, um, you know, I think you're so ingrained in the community when it comes to, you know, um, networking and, and building a base and, and bringing people back to, to really support the program. Um, and you know, the fact that you've coached all these different levels and you know, a lot of the kids. So that was, it was really very surreal for me. And I had to pull my car over on the side of the road and just had to kind of breathe a little bit. And, and I took a massive pay cut massive pay cut over $50,000 to, to coach at university of Hawaii. And wow. it was, uh, it was something that I was passionate about. And that's something that you can't fake. And, you know, when I, when I initially said, oh, I think I need to turn it down. I don't know if I can really do this. Uh, my, my bestie Missy said, um, wow, you know, you tell all these kids that you, they need to step out of their comfort zone and dare to be fabulous. You're a big fat hypocrite. <laughs> it's like whoa <laughs> those are some strong words and and she's like no um you know really like you need to check yourself because you if you tell kids this all the time and you're not going to take the job because you're afraid to fail 
boo hoo hoo. She did that kind of motion to me, and I and made me feel very very small and very shallow. And uh, so I said, you know what? I'm gonna kind of check out for another day and just take some time to be by myself and just kind of be with my thoughts. And I really, really wanted to do it, but I was afraid to fail. And I never wanted to be measured by my win-loss record because I knew going into it, when I applied for the job, it was the Western Athletic Conference. When they offered me the job, they had just moved to the Big West. So it was, it was a little bit of a, of a jump there. You know, UH had had some good years in the WAC and, and was very competitive. And the, the Big West, uh, you know, out here on the West Coast, it's a, it's a good, solid soccer conference. And there's some, yeah. some very competitive teams in our conference. And um, I was just, you know, I had to do a lot of, soul, a lot of soul searching. And I had to talk to my financial advisor to see if I could actually afford to, <laughs> to, to take the job. And, um, and, you know, he crunched the numbers for me and said, all you need to do is get extended once. And with the state benefits and retirement system, you might come out of this ahead. I was like, really? Wow. So, you know, it was never about the money for me. And I think that's why um, it was hard, you know, when we were, we were building the program because uh, I hadn't, I didn't have any recruiting experience for division one and I didn't know who matched Hawaii and I made some bad mistakes early on and rushed the recruiting process in a, in a few instances. And as we all know, as, as college coaches, when you make a mistake in the recruiting process, you're going to eat that for four years minimum, you know? And, um, and it just, I, I did, I made a lot of mistakes, uh, but I, I'd like to think that I was coachable through the process and, you know, we had our best season last year. So I never professed to be a, a fast learner. <laughs> it took us a while, but, you know, we did get to the, the Big West tournament and had a record number of, of people recognized for the, the all conference teams and things like that. So it was, I think it's a good reminder that, you know, the winning, winning, win loss record you know, when you're in, in po the power five conferences and you're in, you know, you have an athletic director that's just honed in on that. That's a tough, tough situation to be in. Um, but for me, you know, in a, in a mid-major program, we want to win, but we also want to make sure that we're doing things the right way because a lot of our kids are not going to be going pro. They're not going to be um, just looked at for all of that, for the national teams. You know, and we're going to have those handful of kids who can play at the next level. And we place kids at the professional ranks for the last three years, three to four years. So um, we're extremely proud of that, but it, it's not easy. And I have to give, you know, all of the people who are out there, you know, taking the lumps and listening to, to a lot of this all the time. Um, and sometimes it's hard to stay on track, you know, when you, when you are building something. And that's why, you know, Sean, when I followed you this season, you were relentlessly positive and you were focused on the glass being half full. And, and the little victories that you're going to have along the way, because when you do the right things and you lay that foundation, the winning comes. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, but what happens when you, when you lay that foundation, you do the right things, and the winning still isn't there as much as you want it to be. And that's, that's kind of what I went through. And it was really tough. I, I joked at this convention the last year, you know, I said, I think um, people said, hey, bud, have you ever spoken at the convention? And I was like, um, no, I have not. Um, they're like, well, you know, you should, you should do something and, and you should try to get yourself in there. And I say, well, you know, my topic would be, it would be how to keep your job, you know, for 10 years when winning just about half of your games. And they're <laughs> like, we need somebody to do that talk at the convention, yes, please. you know? And, and, and the thing is, you know, I don't, I don't take losing very well 
but my team GPA is a 3.6. You know, we, we graduate 100% of our athletes. Um, they have gone on to play professional ranks. They do a lot of community service. And they're just, they're, we, we're graduating our kids in three and a half years. You know, and so our seniors, we have three seniors this year. They're graduating in three and a half years. I have to stay focused on the fact that my team flies 20,000 miles. We drive 1,800 miles. We miss 16 days of school. And, you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, this, but as Glennon Doyle likes to say, we can do hard things. And, and I think selling the kids on that vision. Uh, and, you know, I think you have to win. You have to win at some point. You have to show that, you know, that there is progress and that you're, you have a good, solid culture. Uh, I'm just very grateful that I've had athletic directors over the years who have recognized the, the peaks and the valleys and have stood by me. Um, I can't thank them enough for that. It's just, it, it's one of the reasons I keep going, you know, so hard every single day. Next in-person convention, Bud and I will discuss how to keep your job without winning games, but also still be positive. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's it tough. Is. And, and it you know, is. when we, I mean, we've had, we've had winning seasons. We've had seasons where we're just about even. We've had, you know, seasons where we've, we, um, you know, have had not had as many wins as we'd like to. And it's, you got to have that thick skin and you got to keep your eyes on, on that, you know, the progress, right. And, and the depth that you, that you're having with, uh, you know, within the team and building good people and trying to change, you know, making those positive impacts. But um, yeah. And I think, you know, as our recruiting uh, got better, we're starting to have a lot more of those, those results and, and put forward a, a consistent product that we can be really proud of. And, and now we know who matches Hawaii. So it did take us a while, but we've, we figured it out. And I think that one of the biggest lessons I've learned is you're never going to please everyone and there's yeah. going to be haters left and right. So I choose to surround myself with people who see the glasses half full and, uh, and that's, that's what I'm going to stick with. See, there you go. You should have hired me all those years yeah. ago. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Poor so, Sonia. Yeah. Sonia's going to be like, who's the Sean guy? Don't ever talk to him again. Um, you mentioned about, uh, you know, finding the right kid for Hawaii who understands what Hawaii is about and stuff like that. So as a, like, I couldn't even imagine, of course, there really was hardly an internet when I was in high school, but I can only <laughs> think of myself as a guy who's always been attracted to Southern culture, Southern atmosphere, mm -hmm. Southern environments, things like that. And knowing like, Oh my gosh, like Hawaii has a soccer team. Like I could apply to go to school there and, and play soccer for a, let's say there's a coach who's listening to this and they have a player because we've all had club players who are like, Hey, where do you want to go to school? And they literally just name like Florida or somewhere. They just say somewhere in Florida or somewhere in Texas, whatever it is. So if there's a coach who's listening to this right now and they have a kid who always says, I want to go to Hawaii, I want to, I want to go to Hawaii, maybe not saying your school specifically, but they just want to go to school in Hawaii for your team. What is, you talked about that fit and to know like the, to really know Hawaii to be able to, to come into the program. What is it that kids should know for like those kids who aren't from Hawaii? Because I'm sure you get the West coast kids, the California kids. Um, who are much closer to you than let's say Indiana or Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so like, you know, for a kid, like let's, let's, let's use me as an example. I mean, well, use my daughter. So like if Quinn's thinking to herself, she wants to go to Hawaii, what are those things that she needs to know in order to really show like, yes, a kid from Indiana can be a part, um, of your program. 
I think that's that's a great question because it's one of the most. And yes, I'm taking uh, notes for Quinn right now. Yes, yeah, <laughs> good. You want to go? You want to go on the uh, the the big make your big road trip to to come watch her play in Hawaii? Um, Absolutely. But, but I've already we, said I will retire when she starts college soccer or college. So you can just go in and, and and watch all the games. At least you wouldn't be that dad, though. You know, you'd just be the. I've already said. <laughs> and I was I was joking with um, I was joking with Robbie Church a few years ago when Quinn was at Duke camp. And uh, he was going on to her about, you know, her coming to Duke. And because and, Quinn will tell you, if you ask her, where do you want to go to school? She will say Duke. You'll, you'll oh. say, what do you want to do? She'll say, I want to study something to help make people healthy, like whether it's oh. medicine or whatever. So yeah. you'll say, okay, is there anything else you want to do? Well, I want to play soccer and basketball and dance. They have a dance class. I want to do the dance class and go on. <laughs> um, a woman who knows what she wants. Oh, yeah. And so Robbie was like, well, you know. He looks at me, he's like, Coach, he said, you're going to get yourself ready. I said, I'm telling you right now, if Quinn was to come here and play sports, if they need a parent to lead the tailgate or like lead the charge That's of the right. spirit and stuff, That's right. I am all over it. You are so, that I mean, guy. I am. <laughs> so if she goes to Hawaii to play for you, I will get the, uh, I'll get the lays. I'll like, I will be, I will be that guy for you every single game. Well, I can, you know what, I can, I, I, number one, I hope I'm around that long. Um, but, you know. Well, you're uh, only 32. Th that's right. In my, in my head, in my head, <laughs> 29, 29. 29. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, you but, you, you know, can be 30 I, under 30. Holy cow. Yeah, I, see, I'd have one more year of eligibility for that. <laughs> there you go. But I think, you know, when we, when we start talking about, you guys see that show Survivor, right? Yeah. So, yes. Survivor you know, the whole thing is like, you don't want to get voted off the island. And, and we kind of use that analogy. Uh, people say like, you know, what do I need to do? What do I need to know to be successful in your program? Well, we need people who are going to get in the canoe and paddle. You know, you're, you're not going to ask, well, why are we paddling? Where are we paddling? How long are we paddling? How much longer are we paddling? Why does she paddle like that? And I paddle like, I'm the best paddler. I paddle the best. Nope. You know, you have that kind of attitude, you get voted off the island really, really quick. So what we, we like, we, we value uh, character, you know, just like, just like all the other coaches out there. But we, what we do is so different. It's so hard in such a different way. You, you have to 100% be okay with just kind of being able to go with the flow. You know, you're going to go on a road trip. And what happens when you're, you know, we, your nearest opponent is 2,500 miles away? There might be a flight delay. You might have to stay in an airport for 12 hours and then get off the plane and play. You know, so um, you, you're going to have delays with food and all this, the feeding them, sleeping, waking up early. I mean, time change. And it's just, uh, you know, with the, we're the most traveled team in the NCAA for all of yeah. our sports. So what we need to do is we need to make sure that we have steel not aluminum mentality coming in. You know, they, these kids need to be tough and they need to be resilient. And if, if you're going to tell me like, coach, my toe hurts, then if it's broken, that's one thing. You know, if you just, if you stubbed it, that's another, you know, so it, you have to be a different level of just being able to function when you're tired because you'll go on the road for five days and come back for nine days and then go for five days and come back for nine days and go for five days and come back for nine days. And, you know, and then that's, and then if you make the playoffs, that's another trip after that, you know, uh, uh, the, the big West tournament. So it's just, most people will take one flight, right. And they'll be like, wow, we're going from the East coast to the West coast. And we're doing our California trip this year. So, uh, Tiffany, uh, Sahedek, 
at UCF came out one year with UNC Greensboro and um, UW. And so she came out and they made this big trek from, from UCF. And she tells me, Bud, we had the most amazing time. And I was like, hey, you know, if I could use you as, as that coach that kind of talks to other coaches about the, the trip to Hawaii, a lot of people think that it's so, uh, so far away and so hard to do. And, and she's like, well, I, I do need to tell you that, you know, we lost two games and that was the week that we came back from Hawaii. <laughs> so <laughs> she, she's like, they won all the other games, but, you know, that week coming back. So, so what, we, what we tell people is, you know, yeah, it is, it is quite the trek, but we do it all the time. And um, our kids are, I have to give them props. They're, they're very resilient um, and, and they don't complain. So, you know, the, 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 ones who, the ones who aspire to play at the Division I level, at, you know, or just even in college soccer, um, they have to have a different mentality, you know, especially when you're forced to, you know, juggle your academics and your soccer. But then you go to an island. And then now you have the distractions of the beach, the mountains, the, you know, the beauty, the, so I, I always tell them, Hey, if you're trying to play, uh, if you want, if you're trying to get away to an area where nobody's going to watch you and nobody's going to be, you know, keeping tabs on you and you just want to sit under the uh, palm tree and play the ukulele all day, that's not going to happen. We only play the ukulele in the springtime. But the, the kids, you know, they, we tell them, you, you don't go to the beach in the fall. You know, this is our championship season. So we work. We're working hard. You'll discover the beauty of the islands and everything. You know, you have more than enough time for that. But it's, it's hard sometimes to balance the, the distraction. And I'm sure it's the same for any other place that has lots to see and do and, and lots of beauty. So Just call me out next time. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yes, I want to. Yes, I want to sit under a palm tree. Yes, I want to play golf <laughs> in the fall. We golf, have a, we have you know, we have an off tennis. day. I'm going to go in the sun in the water. It's just, and you know, when your when your temperatures are you know 72 to 80 degrees all year long, you know, and it dips. I think the coldest. Sonia was asking me what the what the coldest it gets is is, and you know, the coldest I've seen is like 57. You know, so. 58 degrees. And, um, and then, you know, my, my associate head coach, Mark Fournier, he's from France. So he actually married one of my former players. So, you know, we've got these, these internationals, uh, all over the place. My, my volunteer coach is, uh, Vadim and he's from Russia. So I'm like, wow, I'm the minority and I'm the local one. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's just, it's interesting to see like, you know, Mark's take on, on everything because he's, he's French, he's grown up, you know, he grew up in the Bordeaux, Bordeaux region of France and is a total soccer junkie, you know, and, uh, you know, he, he grew up watching the game, went to UH Hilo. How's that? So that, that's incredible in itself, you know, talking about University of Hawaii at Hilo, my associate, associate head coach actually played at University of Hawaii at Hilo. And, you know, he came to the States to sell door, books door to door in Georgia and ended up in Napa, went to Napa Valley, you know, and then transferred to University of Hawaii at Hilo. So I, I love the fact that we have so much diversity on our team, diversity in our staff, diversity in our players. We've got, you know, Australian, Swedish, you know, Iceland, you know, we have different countries represented um, and then also local girls and then kids from the mainland as well. So I think, you know, if you're looking for that experience where you're going to be in a, and just have something completely different from everything else that's out, that's out there, 
my goodness. I, it's just like that's us in a nutshell, guys. Yeah. Well, I think like that was a good sales pitch. I think you sold it. I mean, me and Sean would come play for you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you had, had four years of eligibility, right, on the women's side. Yeah. <laughs> you had a men's program, and they would take thirty-two plus year olds. Hey, and hey that's, would totally that would be ideal, actually. Experience. I mean, I'm I'm almost back to the same weight that I was in college. So I mean, like, I may have lost a little little step of speed, but I mean. I got two years of eligibility. Heck yeah. Lego. I just want to go, go to Hawaii. That's the only thing I, I like. I have said that my entire life. Like, I just well, go and don't Hawaii. worry. You know, we, we have a, a pretty good camp out here called the Noka Oi ID camp uh, that is put on by the uh, Oahu League of the Hawaii Soccer Association. And their main criteria is, you know, who truly wants to recruit Hawaii kids and, you know, I, I think getting, uh, getting exposure for your programs, you know, through the, the Hawaii Surf ID Camp, you know, the Nokoi ID Camp, it's, it's pretty epic. I mean, we have a great time. The, the college coaches who come from the mainland just love it. You, you coach, you know, and then you have some free time to yourselves in the evening. And everybody takes it, uh, you know, they, they take their, their daytime soccer very seriously. They do a great job. And then the evenings and, you know, the, the days off are all to themselves. So, yeah, we're going to have to get you guys on that list. For sure. I mean, I'm, we sorry, I'm telling you. I would like another one if, if it's possible. I'll just tell you every kid it. that my school is warmer than his is. Yeah, Barely. you know, and that, that's going to be the one thing. Kids are going to ask you about the weather, and you're going to have to be ready for that one. I'm like, look, you're going to get every season in one week, every week. Like, it'll be cold, rainy, super yeah. hot, snowy. It's, you know what, usually, just a tip for you guys, what usually gets the Hawaii kids ooing and eyeing is the, the leaves on the trees. So when you can be uh, like, look at the change of the seasons, you know, because ours are just like brown and green. <laughs> so yeah. actually they're pretty much green all year long. So yeah, if you, if you can hone in on that. Well, hell my trees in my house don't even have leaves right now. Yeah. Bald, bald <laughs> is not a good look for the trees. Mm -mm, mm -mm. That means uber cold. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gets that way for sure. You, um, you know, your story of, you know, everywhere that you, were involved in and then getting into coaching, you know, having your own business, doing the marketing thing, doing the hotel thing. When was the point where you said to yourself, like, I just want to coach. Like, that's all I want to do. Or was there a point where you said that, or was it just like, Hey, like, I'm going to keep doing all this stuff and coaching on the side. Or was there a moment you were just like, I just want to coach. I, I was pretty, I was pretty burnt out heading into 2000. Like I was hanging on by a thread in like 2008. And, um, you know, I just, when, when you think about it, you're, you're a DOC, you're a high school head coach, you're a, a part-time coach, you know, for division two, and then you have a full-time job. Like I did that for a, a couple of years and it was just, it was getting to the point where something was going to have to give. And, um, I definitely didn't want it to be my, my relationship. So I had to make sure that, you know, this was a chance to kind of simplify my life and to, to focus on one thing. And I'm just extremely grateful that it did work out. You know, my boss at the, the hotel company, David Carey, uh, his wife, Kathy was the assistant coach at UH when Pinsum was there. So when I figured out that, uh, I was, you know, I had to ask, I wanted to ask his blessing first before I, I applied. And then, uh, yeah, I was just looking to simplify, you know, and he, when he gave me his blessing and then I got hired, um, he was also my next call, like, Hey, can I, 
keep your wife at UH? Are you okay with her, you know, still coaching? And uh, so that was, it was pretty special to have, you know, good friends supporting me in, in that way. But I was looking to simplify my life and I just wanted to try to see if I could do, if I could leave the program better than I found it. And, um, you know, we're, we're hunting down a big West championship and we, we aspire to make the NCAAs and there's just so much work to do still. And it's been, it's been a long process and at sometimes it was just downright painful. And, and I, I had some serious reflections in 2015, 16, 17 ish, you know, where I was just very fragile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, my pain, you know, my pain. And sometimes, you know, you just have to, you have to just turn the volume down because, uh, you know, you get all these people talking at you and, and, um, I love the fact that, you know, nobody walks in our shoes, but everybody has an idea of how they can do it better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so to, to learn how to quiet that noise sometimes is, is very, very difficult. And I think, um, I I've chosen to, focus on the, the, the people around me who understand, you know, I, my dad always tells me, consider the, the source and, you know, the, the people who are always, you know, yapping away are usually not the ones who are very informed. So I, I have a good inner circle that keeps me very grounded. My staff is amazing and they, they are not yes people at all. They are all uh, they can all be head coaches in their own right. We are all a team. They they know they have a voice, and they know that they can call me out if if I'm falling short in in some areas. And I think, um, but you know, they always do it in a very respectful manner because we trust each other and we're we're Ohana. So you know, family means that you're not always going to see eye to eye, but you're going to care enough about the people that you know who are in your your family circle to to try to figure out ways to collaborate and make things better and find that, that compromise sometimes. And, um, and I think, you know, my, my staff has always been the ones to keep me grounded and, you know, tell me, you know, they, they lift me up when I need it. And they also kind of, you know, like, Hey, we gotta, we gotta be better in this area. And, you know, and, and I'm just really grateful for that. So, um, I feel that I, I lead a very blessed life and I try my best to try to, you know, pay that forward every day and um, and I'm just looking forward to 2021. Yeah. <laughs> we can close that door on 2020, but 2020, you know, I think we've we've grown in so many ways as well. Um, the pandemic has taught me to really value the the little things in, in life and to to truly communicate how I feel to the people who mean the most to me, because you just don't know, you know, when you're going to get those opportunities. So speak up. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's let's finish this off with some with some fun questions. Okay. What is the biggest misconception about Hawaii that when like you talk to idiots like Nick and I who are like, oh Hawaii, blah 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 blah, <laughs> and there's always that one biggest misconception that somebody so, has about Hawaii. John, I actually asked this to our Hawaii goalkeeper one time. Oh wait, so, so what was her? Tell me her answer first. What was the Hawaii so goalkeeper's? Her answer was essentially that people don't realize there's parts of Hawaii that aren't beaches and that the traffic is horrible at times and the cost of living is like kind of insane. Mm-hmm. And, and so like she, she was like, everyone like thinks of it as like how you see it in the movies all the time where you only see beaches, you only see like all the really good stuff. And she's like, and she's like, I love Hawaii, but like there's also parts of Hawaii that we need to work on that right. like, 
that still like need to happen. And so that was her thing where it's like, and again, she loves it. She's like, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. But like people think that it's just paradise. And like, there's still things that like are not all paradise all the time. Well, anybody, anybody who watches dog, the bounty hunter would know that. Oh yeah, you know, dog dog kept it real. You know, he went into those pockets of place where they tell you, you know, like you read the little guy, do not go here, do not go there. You know, and but he was I like, think, I'm always there. Yep, I that's where I live. That's my that's my bread and butter, right? But I think for, for me, the the misconception is, you know, that you can't you can't do business in Hawaii. You know, like Hawaii is just this fluffy place where everybody goes to vacation. But you know, when you talk about uh some of the 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 research that that happens here, you know, the observatory that um, you know, and just when you when you think about like the quality of our university and um, just the some of the businesses that are run out of uh, out of Hawaii, you know, yes, the cost of living is is really high. The traffic is horrible, but you are also in traffic um, in Hawaii. You know, so you're you're not dealing with hail and sleet and snow and freezing temperatures and car, dead car batteries. You know, but um, so I think I, I like to call it the price you pay for paradise. You know, they it, it's going to come at a cost, and and sometimes you know when you think about, I mean, I just bought a dozen eggs for $6.89, you know, because I wanted to buy local and, you know, all that stuff. So I got, you know, a dozen local eggs for $6.79. What's your, what's your gas prices right now? Three nineteen for unleaded. Get out of here. Yep. Yep. No. The, yep. Entry level three nineteen. So, so is, is, so here's the thing I've always wondered, like with cost of living, so it's like, I had a buddy who worked in California and, or no, I'm sorry, he worked in uh, Nevada and he was like, yeah, the cost of living is outrageous out here. He goes, but like, I live with my grandparents. So he's like, I'm mm-hmm. making really good money. He's like, that I'm just saving up. And then he was able to come back home to Indiana and just like is living life. So is it one of those yeah. things where like, yes, the cost of living is higher, but like technically you make more money, but it's just because the cost of living is, is significantly higher. Well, you know, it's, it, it all depends really what industry you're, you're in. Um, you know, I talked about the, the pay cut that I had taken. So, you know, the, so soccer being an equity sport, you know, we're not getting the, the, the big, big bucks, uh, you know, coaching wise, but I think it's, it's always about how you spend as well, right? Yeah. Like what you, what's a, what's the priority for you? Um, I think, uh, some of the assistant coaches that I've had in the past have, have been very simple people, you know, where they don't need a lot of bells and whistles. They're not going to be spending extravagantly. You know, they, they understand that uh, Hawaii can be a place where you come and, and really discover yourself, you know, learn, grow, be hands-on in a, in a coaching environment, but also, um, you know, bringing, you know, when you bring your, your spouse to Hawaii, I think sometimes, people think that it's just so easy to live here. And, and during a pandemic, especially it's not, you know, a lot of people get Island fever. They want to drive. And, you know, if I'm in my car for over 20 minutes, I'm like, I drove so far today, you know, and, and, and Sonia again, to go back to her, she's like, um, yeah, I spend an hour in my car, like all the time and it doesn't phase me. <laughs> so I'm like, I drove, oh, I drove spending. nine hours a day. And it was nothing for me. Yeah. See, so, so, you know, you guys who are used to just getting in the car and going, you know, if I drove nine hours, I'd go around the Island, you know, eight <laughs> and a half times. So it's, it's, um, 
it's just different, you know, and I think uh, depending on your mentality and, and what you value, you know, if you want like a place where you got great weather and great, the food is amazing and, you know, all different kinds of people, then yeah, this is a, this is a fantastic place. And, you know, they're, just like every other big city, you know, we got 1.2 million people on our island. So there are going to be pockets of places that you shouldn't be going to, you know, just because it's, it's locals only, you know, and, and there are, there are places in Southern California we go to and they tell us the same thing, you know? So it's just, uh, I think when you, it's the vibe that you're putting out there as well. Right. Like I, I tell the kids, you know, life is, is like an echo. What you put out there is what's going to come back to you. So, you know, when you go, hello, it's not like goodbye comes back. So I've, I've always found that you get a lot more handshakes when you approach things with an open hand versus the closed fist. So. That's, that's pretty darn good advice. Like what are the things that you're most looking forward to about like, again, we'll, we'll pretend that like we get to have seasons coming in 2021 and stuff like that. But what are the things that you're most looking forward to with your current team going forward? Oh, with my current team, we, we've got a lot of really good, just solid people and they've been working so hard. I just really, I'm looking forward to being able to compete again, just so that they can have just a little bit of dose of a little bit of a dose of normalcy. I, I think, you know, everybody is just dying to get to the point where they can, they can, compete against somebody else other than themselves. And um, that's what I really want for, for my team. I, I just want them to, to be able to re- reap the rewards of just their hard work and, and dedication that they've had. I'm excited. I think it's going to be really fun. And hopefully, you know, with vaccines on the horizon and all of that good stuff, we can have some sense of normalcy sooner than later. And the closing one is if you could, and I, I, I feel like I know where this is going to go. If you could use any song to describe your coaching philosophy, what song would it be? Oh, wow. That's a tough one. Um, Here I am, baby. No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, 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 no. My my coaching philosophy, um, take it to the limit one more time. I like it. Yep. Okay. I I think, you know, um, all I ask is that you give me everything you got. And, And if you take it to the limit, I'm happy regardless of the outcome. Hell but I, I don't want you to be like, oh, I had a little bit more left in the tank. I could have gone five more miles. Uh, 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 uh. Nope. Take it to the limit. One Hell more time. yeah. Hell yeah. Well, Coach Michelle, I'm going to call you Michelle for this one time. It was so awesome getting to talk with you again. Uh, it's kind of been cool because like when this whole pandemic thing started was when I kind of got back in touch with you because uh, mm-hmm. we had started our, our college coaches uh, Zooms and Skypes and uh, you were able to hop on on a couple of those with us, and I keep forgetting the insane time zone difference between. It, it's so and, hard, yeah. And I have standing meetings, and that's the that's the thing. So if my if my eighty cancels on me, I can hop on. Yeah, and we're like, it's all for all of us. It's like nighttime, and you're like yeah. midday. Uh, no, and, and I know it's so part. late for you guys right now. So thank you so much for uh, for having me on. I really appreciate you guys staying up late with me. No problem, no problem. If there's a if somebody's uh listening to this right now and they wanted to reach out to you via twitter or email how can they do so so i'm at at michelle bud so very easy michelle with one l uh, at michelle bud and michelle nagamine on uh on everything else so um and and feel free to email me anytime mnaga at hawaii.edu 
Michelle. Let's be friends. Let's be friends. If, if, <laughs> Let's if, be friends. If Bud will be friends with Nick and myself, she will be friends with you as well. <laughs> well, you guys are top shelf. So thank you again for having me oh. on. And, and happy holidays, guys. I, th I think our Dude. wives and fiancés would not consider us top shelf. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's put it this way. They bought what you were selling. So... Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, I like that. Thank you so, so much for right coming on. on. Right yes, on. yes. Nobody can see it right now, but we're all doing the hang loose. That's hang right, in. the hang loose. That's right. Okay, well, thanks again, guys. Really appreciate your guys' time and having me on. No problem. Thank you.